0: From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's news talk, TNT Radio.
1: Happy Monday coming to you from not so sunny Mexico. Today is the first day, if you can't believe it, in in, in the entire year thus far that I've actually had to not use the air conditioner and it's been rainy uh but I can still walk around in shorts and a t-shirt here in December in in Mexico that's the cool thing about living in Mexico today we got coming up uh returning guest Zachary Newell of Radio Free Pizza uh and first time guest second hour number six uh of the new prisoners uh he he's on the AM wake uh, AM wake up Steve boy Koinen's AM wake up every Friday and I had just been on his broadcast last Friday that's our lineup um today and what do we have going on in the world Hillary Clinton has come out and said we're seeing and beginning to pay attention and to count and record the deaths that are related to the weather climate um my question to her is what about counting and recording the deaths or suicides that are related to being associated with Bill or Hillary Clinton how about we count that instead um and this crazy aristocrat has come out at cop 28 King Charles III, nonetheless unelected monarch um and he actually said the, the the sentence he begged the question how can those which have a perverse impact be eliminated with all due speed now the context you know he was overtly referencing you know the the polluters r- relating to the net zero transition but I think he also meant how can we get rid of the these perverse uh how can we eliminate these perverse serfs and plebs with all due speed us I literally think that's what he in his head actually thought um so and then you've got Stanley Johnson back again this clip making the rounds from GB news where Stanley Johnson uh says when it comes to uh, that, that I, I think we, we will have carbon passports uh, methane methane budgets methane passports and uh, the host of the program says that that's not conservative and the guy's like I don't care uh, so these guys are accelerating their push for neo techno feudalism and even uh the conversation uh this the, the the website uh publication conversation had one of their articles Uh, reposted over at CNN it's time to limit how often we can travel abroad carbon passports may be the answer so this is actually now posted in mainstream news CNN travel from a week ago talking about carbon passports absolute insanity uh and this I mean to top it all off this is absolutely nuts we've been talking about this I honestly can't believe this is like mainstream headlines now seriously like they're coming out into the open hope urges world religions to unite against environmental devastation pope francis said uh yesterday that it was essential for all world religions to unite in opposing the rapacious devastation of the environment it's it's like we're reading the book of revelation uh in the mainstream headlines to unite all the world's religions and you know they've been working behind the scenes uh the the Vatican uh this ecumenism to bring together all of the world's religions uh you you cannot have a religion that's exclusive right like biblical Christianity that we gotta all come together sing kumbaya for the Antichrist that's uh, crazy also EU is doing what the EU does best EU committees vote in favor of mandatory interconnected digital patient health records for all citizens Uh, basically meaning that anytime you go to a doctor or something like that um whatever treatment you have uh the doctor will put it into this database that eu technocrats will be able to to see so uh, here they say that um this can even concern sensitive personal medical information mental disorders sexual diseases uh disorders such as impotence or infertility so they're going to know everything about about your health uh and 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 personal issues so uh that's going on in Brussels the fourth Reich Bloomberg says this is the start of a fresh crypto super cycle that will push Bitcoin above five hundred thousand dollars I listened to an interview by Michael Saylor I'm not a Bitcoiner um but it was just still interesting to hear Michael Saylor over the weekend gave a presentation 15 minutes talking about Bitcoin and now um everyone all of a sudden is getting bullish on Bitcoin so take that for what you will and in Canada the Bloc Quebecois Bill uh is being passed and campaign life coalition's Jack Fonseca uh he says that this is a bill to eliminate religious belief as a defense against hate speech uh so basically Bloc Quebecois is citing growing tensions in Canada as a reason to remove religion as a defense against hate speech charges in the newly tabled federal bill and Fonseca, Fonseca says quote I fear this bill is not at all about protecting Jews from violence I believe its real purpose is to allow christians to be charged with hate speech in the future for expressing peaceful biblical beliefs about homosexuality and transgenderism again a lot of us have been waiting for that moment to come because um we've been reading the tea leaves for a long time and i think we're slowly approaching that day and just one more crazy story for, story for uh, for you exclusive from the daily signal uh, school assigned girl to sleep with boy who identifies as trans without parental notification an 11 year old girl was assigned to share a bed with a male student who, who thinks he's a girl while on a cross-country school trip I don't know what else to say we have crossed the Rubicon beyond clown world now as I keep saying at the clown cosmos clown universe this is absolute insanity i've got a daughter i could not imagine this happening to my daughter absolute insanity Um, all right Uh, a reminder that at tnt radio we never go home we're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time we broadcast live 24 7 online globally no matter what we got you covered on tnt radio
0: There's a lot going on. So it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Over the weekend, the United States and 21 other countries from four continents signed a pledge to triple global nuclear energy capacity by 2050 as part of the worldwide effort to achieve the elites' much-longed-for death zero i mean net zero goals here with the story joining me now is tnt radio news producer adam clark aka ruckus
2: thanks for where oh where could the united states and 21 other countries be hanging out together over the weekend oh that's right um of course this declaration was signed at the cop 28 that's going down in dubai at the uae united arab emirates uh, and you've already highlighted a couple interesting stories from there, and there's going to be plenty more. It's, it's turning out to be quite controversial already. Uh, but this highlight is uh, let's get nuclear. Um, it, so this declaration uh, s- supposedly allegedly here recognizes, quote, the key role of nuclear energy in achieving global net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050 and keeping degree goal within reach end quote um the u.s department of energy stated quote core elements of the declaration include working together to advance a goal of tripling nuclear energy capacity globally by 2050 and inviting shareholders of international financial institutions to encourage the inclusion of nuclear energy in energy lending policies end quote the countries that endorsed the pledge are the United States, Bulgaria, Canada, Czech Republic, Finland, France, Ghana, Hungary, Japan, South Korea, Moldova, Mongolia, Morocco, the Netherlands, Poland, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Sweden, Ukraine, Europe, United Arab Emirates and the United Kingdom. In the declaration, the 22 signatory countries promised to, quote, support the development and construction of nuclear reactors, end quote, such as small modular and other advanced reactors for power generation. They pledged to, quote, mobilize investments in nuclear power, end quote, including through innovative financing Mechanisms such as engaging with shareholders of the World Bank, international financial institutions, and regional development banks. It recognizes the importance of extending the lifetimes of nuclear power plants, extending the lifetimes of nuclear power plants, quote, that operate in line with the highest standards of safety, sustainability, security, and non-proliferation as appropriate, end quote. The declaration also includes a commitment to, quote, support responsible nations looking to explore new civil nuclear deployments under the highest standards of safety, sustainability, security, and non-proliferation, end quote. Speaking at the summit, U.S. Climate Envoy John Kerry said the world cannot achieve quote-unquote net-zero emissions without building new reactors. During a launch ceremony, Mr. Kerry said, quote, we are not making the argument that this is absolutely going to be the sweeping alternative to every other energy source, but you can't get to net-zero 2050 without some nuclear, just as you can't get there without some use of carbon capture utilization and storage, end quote. It's almost like he was wearing his sponsors uh, on his jacket, right, Harori? I mean, (laughs) uh, just so we know, the global nuclear capacity stands currently at 370 gigawatts, with 31 countries running reactors. That accounts for almost 10% of the world's total electricity and a quarter of its low carbon supply. However, tripling that capacity by 2050 would require a significant scaling up in new approvals and finance. So Harori, what is this really all about is it about those dollar signs dollar bills y'all what do you think
1: well you know I think it's I I, this is some positive news because a lot of the energy experts some that I've had on the program have been saying you know nuclear is the way to go and it it just seems like these climate eugenicists um you, you know they're coming to terms with reality so they're having to say okay we'll do some nuclear you know I, I had a great guest on last year on the program it's in the archive nuclear Bitcoiner who works in the Canadian nuclear industry and he was talking um in in the years ahead we'll see a rollout of these what are they called the SMRs the nuclear small modular reactors that could even you know they're, they're small mo- I guess modular portable they can run entire towns uh and so i'm still kicking myself for not having opened up uh an account you know when i was in kazakhstan you know covid-1984 disrupted it all but i was telling people to buy kazatomprom um kazakhstan's mining company they got the m- monopoly on it 40% uh and then that at least tripled in, in in price and i think uranium is going up uh now as well but i think i was actually thinking about this over the weekend rock is i think this whole death zero agenda has to do because it doesn't make any sense it literally doesn't make any sense the experts even some of the experts who are on their side say we're not going to get rid of hy- hydrocarbons we use 80 80 85 percent of our energy is from hy- hydrocarbons that's not changing solar and, and uh, wind is not going to eat into that it's just not possible um I just it, I think it's just wealth transfer basically they're they're transferring th- the money from us To them which they're gonna just keep to to impoverish us and to to build the prison planet system i I really can't it just make none of this makes sense um your further thoughts
2: yeah no i'm I'm definitely right in line with that thinking i mean there's a lot of money talk going on uh out there and it's kind of interesting um in fact who was it the the head of oh the director general of the Uh, yeah, yeah, a conflict of interest here uh, of the International Atomic Energy Agency. That's Rafael Mariano Grossi said that achieving global net zero carbon emissions by 2050, how convenient for him, will require, quote, swift, sustained and significant investment, end quote, in nuclear energy. So, yeah, we're talking a lot of money here. Uh, it's almost like it's a you know, fundraising scheme uh for their wealth transfer at least they're not doing it via pandemic this time of course they'll probably still do that too yikes
1: well I, and I think it's it's the the key point here is that it pulls together pulls everything together so economically they impoverish us and they take financial control uh politically uh as well they establish these laws where you know if you eat meat you go to jail <laughs> and uh the new religion right the Pope says now all religions must unite uh, into a new world religion and we need to worship the earth uh, again like our forefathers did thousands of years ago um how how do you feel about uniting all religions ruckus
2: I think I'll pass on that one thank you though I appreciate it
1: you just lost uh, a lot of social credit points there uh so you'll be eating um crickets for the rest of the week so uh I've, I've actually got a friend here in Mexico that sells crickets we bought a bag once from her and um yeah I'm not doing that <laughs> not doing that again uh all right catch up with you uh in a bit we got Zach Noel of Radio Free Pizza joining us as all as uh, always the phone lines are open feel free to uh you know um butt into our conversation we'll be right back
3: Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there is been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative. And she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around, so that's not really keeping off the way they want to either. And then she said something very interesting. She said, you know what, when the water crisis comes people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water and if you don't have water for a few days at a time, you'll know all about it. So maybe, you know, we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's, what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a world economic forum type narrative. Could this be what it is?
0: Locked in Loaded with Rick Mon on today's News
3: Talk, TNT Radio. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not far right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk
0: Plug in. Website. TNTradio.live.
3: Check it out.
1: Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. Back for round two is Zach Newell, founder of Radio Free Pizza, which... Delivers complex coverage, analyzing deep trends in society, culture, politics, economics, and media, in dispatches that skillfully negotiate contemporary contradictions while questioning the intents and motives of the powerful and critiquing the ide- ideologies that guide them. You can find that all over at uh, ZacharoniPizza.substack.com. He's on Twitter X ex- at Zacharoni Pizza uh, and Linktree slash Zacharoni Pizza. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing good how are you her boy I'm doing well are you still in Panama or you made it back to the United Soviet States of America
4: I'm back here in the United Soviet States of America what was the crime rate like in the Soviet Union
1: that's a that's a good question do you have any idea
4: oh gosh I don't this is one point of research for me now because I've been doing a lot of research recently on the crime rates here in the United States uh like gosh, visiting Panama was it was a different kind of time to visit because people might expect like tourism, but I was there during some very significant protests, like upwards of 200,000 people in the streets that time. And still that level of social disruption uh, does not necessarily meet the level of social decay that I'm experiencing back here in the United States. So yeah, these are just more things to look up as I try to negotiate this new turn towards. Oh, okay, maybe maybe the state isn't entirely bad if it could at least improve people's lives, but this one isn't doing that yet.
1: Yeah, and, and just on that note, on, of this, I, I would wager in the Soviet Union, crime maybe wasn't too bad, but I would wager in the '90s when the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, and and you know, in, in, in Russia, things were really uh bad for the, the the 90s decade in Russia but you know just on that note uh I know there are a number of things we're going to discuss but Panama you know I had last week I had a guest on Ben Massman he's a Texas architect uh based in Panama he's created sort of an end of the world um community and I know you wrote on your Substack. I was reading it uh, today peeking under the hat uh power plays in Panama and it also pays but you know just any further uh, did, did you go for those protests uh, if you could tell us a bit more about what, um you know your your takeaway from panama and what was going on
4: believe it or not that was a complete coincidence i visited first in like spring of 2021 because i was going through latin america at the time very thankfully getting out of the u.s during the covid vaccine rollout and so on uh and so while I was down there I make some Panamanian friends and it's a lot of fun but they tell me that I need to come back when it's not like you need to take your temperature every time you walk into a retail store so I make plans to finally return this year and it's during this massive protest over the Cobra Panama mine so it's just the funny way the world works sometimes oh,
1: made your tri- made your trip, uh major trip uh more more interesting but what's going on um yeah with the the mine and um you know China and and U.S like we see this struggle now the economic uh, battle between U.S and, and China here in Mexico is was interesting uh, Amlo met with Xi Jinping not long ago and I believe China lost their concession it's official now just like a week ago China lost its concession to the lithium mines in uh Mexico so it's just interesting you're seeing all over the place especially in the Americas this sort of soft economic struggle for mines and and spheres of economic influence and 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 whatnot so any, any further thoughts on what was going on in Panama with the mine
4: well that's interesting because it seems to be working out I mean if I were a betting man I would say that it's going to work out better for Mexico long term than it will for Panama now I don't know if there was any existing trade agreement regarding the nationalized lithium if that nullified any trade agreement but that d- the in panama the supreme court ruling the trade ag- or the contract negotiations unconstitutional ended up allowing panama to be sued under the panama canada free trade agreement in the international court of arbitration so that could put them on the hook for 20 to 40 billion dollars i've heard estimates as high as 50 billion dollars so this could end up being uh a big kind of resource extraction in another way besides the copper that I suppose was going to end up in China for their electric vehicle manufacturing
1: but but but, but overall do you ahead. think do you think overall um I mean from the people that I've been talking to you know Mikhail Thorov of expat money Ben Massman of Corazon dot uh they seem to still be bullish on Panama we, uh, although you said Mexico might be better off um, Mexico is so far going uh, upwards economically um, and so I, I I could see that but you know would you be bullish on on Panama?
4: Oh man at this point I'm more in the trying to learn more about the market so to speak as we're comparing various Latin American countries that well from my perspective I might want to escape to so uh, I definitely need to learn more. As far as uh Mexico's natural resources, how much is that playing into the growth of the Mexican middle class? If in fact it is still growing, I remember that being the news.
1: Well, for me, I think that the big the, the bigger point when it comes to the resources is it's at least preventing life from becoming much more expensive as the oil uh and whatnot helps subsidize uh you know water and you know utilities. So that's kind mm-hmm. of that's kept uh, our cost of living lower versus you know United States Europe or many other places so that's been a blessing in, in many um ways but um yeah and and I think we were gonna talk about you know we, we couldn't um show your comics on screen uh uh-huh. again you've got uh comics but um uh, going back to the, the the George Floyd stuff and you know there is interesting stuff uh you know new developments regarding that but uh if we go back to that um uh and in your depictions uh of that where where, would you like to start there
4: well I look at the George Floyd protests uh as um accelerating the COVID wealth extraction project uh that seemed like a major accelerant at least here locally in the Minneapolis area and I think that that well, it plays into numerous long-term agendas related to neo-feudalism. But I thought it was funny to to parody in our comic book. So it turns out that Patrizio de la Luna, the local altero commandante, sort of a um, superhero for the people, if you will, he starts out as a pizza delivery driver. And perhaps you recall in the summer of 2020 there was a bit of a rumor mill conspiracy theory regarding dropping off pallets of bricks near these BLM protests. Uh, well, Patrizio de la Luna is tipped with a bunch of Bitcoin in order to get him to take a pallet of bricks to an area that is marked for demolition. And that sort of kicks off his whole career as a superhero trying to fight for housing rights here in Minneapolis
1: and uh i've got questions as well when it comes to the comic book world but uh we're going to jump to our headlines real quick
0: tnt radio news huge news
3: news news news.
0: for tnt radio news this is james o'neill china's military on monday said a u.s navy ship illegally entered waters adjacent to the second thomas shoal a disputed south china sea atoll that has recently seen several maritime confrontations An American warship responded to attacks on three commercial ships Sunday in international waters of the Red Sea. A possible escalation of the war just as Israel's bombardment of the Gaza Strip intensifies following a week-long truce. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of
1: our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. We're chatting with Zach from Radio Free Pizza. Find his Substack. Uh, I'm sure if you just search the title Radio Free Pizza or uh, you'll find all of his stuff, th- stuff there. Link tree. that's linktr.ee slash um, the Pizza. And just, you know, one thought came to mind. I had on a week ago or two a great, I guess we can call him an indie rock musician called Koki or Samuel Jacob Lopez Jr uh and you know he works behind the scenes in the industry with uh, I think it was 30 seconds to Mars and other bands but now he's making his own music uh and I found his his music through a random telegram post and then that's what led me to find his website and I bought all of his songs recently and I had him on and really love what he's doing and I'm I'm finding more interesting now independent art like what you're doing with the comics what these guys are doing with music, uh, films. I had on the director and star of Jones Plantation film, uh, totally independent movie. And I'm like, this is so much better than the, what they're feeding us in the mainstream is absolute garbage. I think they're also having trouble financially. And I urge people just take your money and spend it on the in you know, on the indie art, uh, your, your comics, uh, musicians, uh, Jones Plantation film, help them grow because they're you know there you guys are working towards the truth I think and the mainstream art is just all complete garbage trash lies uh, anti-human uh and so I just wanted to make that uh point and then I saw this clip I I I reposted on Twitter today this video from ketchup feed I don't know if I got it from you or for someone else but it's talking about the comic American comic book industry and they're saying it's finished because woke writers turn established characters into self uh inserts and basically like the guy's explaining like iron man has its universe and story and people want to see that universe that's well established we don't want you to come in and then insert your woke persona nobody cares about you or your woke persona you know create your own comic about it but leave iron man uh alone and so he's explaining how they're destroying all of that so any further thoughts on that before getting back to uh george floyd
4: well, I think that that's what you started off with initially about indie media and arts and entertainment is something extremely important that I don't think enough people appreciate. Our culture is a very impoverished one here in the United States, I would say in the West in general. Uh, when it, it has become cookie cutter with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in particular, but also just speaking generally. It doesn't seem to uplift anyone anymore. It's simply a new consumption commodity that's good for a few months, maybe, and then it's gone. Uh, I think that searching out the independent sphere is going to yield people better long-term results. They're going to be more more fulfilled as audiences, definitely. So I will have to check out that musician that you mentioned earlier. Um, Further thoughts about the comic book world. Uh, This is an area of modern media that is a little bit underappreciated. Uh, You might be able to appreciate it. However, I listened to an interview you had, you interviewed Brian Fairchild on your podcast recently, and you talked briefly about growing up with G.I. Joe, and perhaps Captain America was in the same conversation. Uh, What I'm getting at is the iconography uh, and how the basic children's mode of storytelling Allowed us to insert ideas uh, as the protagonists. Uh, those ideas, well, they some comic book retailers and consumers have found a good reason to criticize it in terms of the self-insert of, oh gosh, perhaps any number of minority identities. I haven't actually been paying attention to the mainstream comic book world for a few years because I just find it repetitive and boring. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, communicating with symbols and iconography is something important and underappreciated perhaps by just the average person. But I think that the social engineering trend in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in general culture of the West today is it suggests that the ruling class or the professional managerial class that creates the entertainment they want, uh that those people have a better understanding of how to manipulate symbols and icons it's just they don't do it to uplift anybody or to communicate any story worth telling
1: yeah you you've also written about this uh recently I, I was just going to add what you mentioned in my interview with former CIA um officer Brian Fairchild uh, who will be joining me here on tnt radio next uh, early next month which will be oh, um, great it'll be cool uh, chat with him but yeah when I was a kid I had all the I had I collected I didn't have a big collection for financial reasons uh, you know parents couldn't <laughs> couldn't afford having a massive comic book collection but you know I had the spider I, spider-man I, I like Venom you know a lot of the Marvel mostly Marvel stuff actually not the DC uh world um the Superman and all that but uh also going to mention I, I I read that the latest Marvel film again like you I don't even pay attention it it, it doesn't exist in my world mm-hmm. I don't have a television I watch like indie stuff and documentaries um uh but it was a complete failure it was a woke Marvel film I think with all women uh, um I, no I
4: yes was it
1: yeah and it says that they it was a complete failure so uh, I don't mm-hmm. know why they keep going in that um d- direction but j- just to get back to George Floyd I don't know if you saw um the cop Derek Shuman, yeah. right he was stabbed yeah. by an FBI informant I mean like yeah. seriously I've <laughs> got a great guest I've got a guest that comes on from time to time Ken Silva of uh Libertarian Institute and um headlines he he is an investigative reporter and he's been looking at he's pulling up all these threads how uh, the neo-Nazi groups that were f- founded in the US were founded by FBI informants and agents Mm -hmm. and it's just like mind-blowing this now this this is for me evidence that an FBI informant stabbing Derek um it's Mm -hmm. almost like they want dead men to tell no tales like they're trying to cover something up no
4: oh that's an interesting angle on it absolutely Uh, uh, so as far as Derek Chauvin is concerned uh it seems to me that well people are celebrating his death i mean liberals or anti fa anarchists they're celebrating it and that's something that well i only see these things you know reposted on twitter and that sort of thing but it's a dark side of human behavior to celebrate violence even if you feel that this man has committed a sin or done wrong uh that is something that troubles me but i like where you're going with this with the fbi informant perhaps you know fulfilling any kind of pre-planned agreement uh that's an amusing kind of conspiracy but it's also well it gets to another aspect of liberal progressive dialogue that is related to the conspiracy theory about the pallets actually Uh, according to the ap article that i was reading This conspiracy about a pile of bricks started with a TikTok or Snapchat video that a BLM protester had posted himself, speculating that uh, the Trump administration or other state security forces were trying to stir up some kind of civil disruption that they could then respond to with police state brutality. Uh, This person, according to the AP article, disavowed it, but nonetheless, What I'm getting at is that I think that various aspects of the social progressive movement don't appreciate how much they are also able to be infiltrated, much like the Patriot Front, the recent blood tribe marching through, I think it was Madison, but in Wisconsin, you know, 98% of them wearing full masks with their face, you know, invisible. you know, maybe I'm just a conspiracy theorist, but I look at them and I think, oh, okay, so those are all the FBI agents. Uh, and then it's just the face of it. And the guy with too many tattoos is just the dupe. Uh, that's where I'm at. And uh, I was listening to a podcast recently called The Alphabet Boys that spoke about an anti-fog group in Colorado being infiltrated following the murder of Elijah McClain. Was the man who, young man who died in police custody at that time. And this FBI informant is able to get into the good graces of local Antifa and BLM protesters because he talks about how I fought on the side of the Kurds in Rojava and Iraq. And so that carried a certain uh, kind of symbolic anarchist anti imperialism that allowed him to get into their good graces. And uh come close at least to framing them for or entrapping them into some serious crimes like providing weapons to felons so that's the alphabet boys that that was just one season they document so many examples of this both on the left and the right and sometimes internationally it's just amazing that uh that the state which claims a monopoly on violence creates all of these violent situations uh just to justify its further control it's uh it's a real fascinating aspect of political philosophy I guess
1: yeah it's interesting you mentioned alphabet boys I've I've bookmarked that series I haven't had time I it's been out for like many months now um haven't been able to listen to it but I've interviewed the 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 guy who did it Trevor Aronson it's on my podcast um. archive yeah and he, he wrote the book um Terror Factory how basically every domestic terror event was done by the FBI or their informants or agents and um they do that left and right just as you say they infiltrate the left groups the right groups you mentioned the Patriot Front who got their their two um color code uh the the what do you call it the the khaki pants and the U.S Navy uh, Navy blue um shirts Mm -hmm. and then there was just another one recently it's like this their second or third outing these these guys who are in red and black like these neo-Nazis in red and the black and everyone's saying that they're feds or infiltrated and now being steered by the feds i don't doubt doubt that and that just kind of brings me i uh, this article um i didn't get to it in the news segment today but usa today um publishes a piece we may have touched somewhat on this theme last time but it's it's titled could 2024 election cause society to collapse some preppers think so uh and they're ready and they're looking at both sides it says that this one lady worries that an incompetent federal government run by someone like uh Trump will or um well wh- one of them says that they're afraid Trump will come to power and establish a dictatorship and then the other preppers think the reverse that the left is going to do it uh and it's just I really feel like they're preparing something for us next year um out of this world you know it's going to be like a hollywood movie i think in the us do you have any thoughts yeah. on, on, on well, it this? better
4: not be any better than my comic books i'll tell you that um one thing so yeah one thought that i have it's a recent interview that whitney webb did with uh clayton morris on redacted uh she was describing how the w wef is now talking more about the risk of a cyber attack in the banking industry that would probably necessitate the digital ID and so on. And how Vault 7, which I believe was revealed in some WikiLeaks documents in 2011, around then, uh, that that would be used to frame Iran as the culprit of this cyber attack. And I guess get NATO into the regional Middle East war. Uh, that seems like a pretty strong bet as far as 2024 goes. Uh, speaking domestically uh as far as like Trump coming into power god what are the odds even the elections like i could only if i was really a betting man i would bet like 80 percent right now and maybe that's just because i'm a suspicious paranoid man. but uh things don't look great as far as civil society is concerned and then even with uh the 80 percent chance that they have elections what do i care what the outcome is the democrat or republican it's gonna screw me in some specific sector while the other sectors wait in the back burner so i don't know it's hard you just strap in and try and enjoy it i guess
1: (laughs) i i've after covid 1994 i've just given up on politics and i mean you look back really they took out the last independent president jfk um, again, you know, everyone's got their faults, but the, the fact that they took him out means he went against, um, the system, uh, and then they wouldn't let people like Ron Paul become president. They, uh, you know, gave him less airtime compared to other candidates and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And so, uh, you know, it was, it's been for the longest time, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Clinton, Biden, Trump, Biden, Obama. <laughs> clinton and it's just really we're we're ruled by a dynasty in america basically uh so we're going to jump to our break uh zach uh, again phone lines are open if anyone wants to call in we'll be right back
0: with his expert analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy shea facts matter And the fact is that until the COVID-19 genetic therapy injections hit the scene, we didn't have thousands of young athletes dying in competition, in training, or home asleep in their beds. We didn't blame things like a previously undiagnosed genetic cardiac anomaly, or taking too cold a shower, or walking too briskly to class. And the fact is that it wasn't Israelis that kidnapped Palestinian Olympic athletes in Munich and murdered them. It wasn't Israelis that blew up nightclubs in Berlin and Indonesia. It wasn't Israelis that drove a truck through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin or shot up a Christmas market in Germany. It wasn't Israelis that stabbed to death festival-goers in Stockholm. It wasn't Israelis that did these things. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT
3: Radio. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren, the water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience to learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world visit nature.org today
0: you're with her boy, A. morich on today's news talk radio tnt
1: all right it's our final segment with zach from radio free pizza check out his Substack, stack pizza.substack.com and uh the link tree uh link tree slash zaccaroni pizza you'll find him on twitter x as well uh, by the way I I don't know if I asked you last time what is your favorite uh pizza
4: oh man it's a good question I actually like pineapple on my pizza so a lot of people just want to throw me out but what can I say I like
1: what about the style of pizza though
4: oh gosh so is it a santorini style pizza that has an olive oil base uh some feta cheese uh spinach i believe and um some lamb if i'm not mistaken yeah give me one of those and put some pineapple on it and i'm all set
1: hey i've never had lamb on my pizza that actually that sounds good but you know i have to say and it's not just because i'm from chicago the bias mm. but the chicago style deep dish pizza like giordano's or lou Malnati's, for me that is the the best but um
4: uh, yeah i understand <laughs> i live in near, in minneapolis you know i have the chicago deep dish exposure so i i won't uh i won't complain about it as much as i've heard new yorkers complain about it for example
1: but but you know there are you know New York style pizza is great all these other ones as well but you know my first one go-to go to is Chicago style and they've got I, I you know I've been in, in Las Vegas they've got decent uh, deep dish out there as well but um I, I guess getting back to uh, you also had a, a fascinating piece uh that you wrote uh recently called uh manufacturing the cultural uh, Marketplace a couple weeks back um, and this is something I often think about as well. Social engineering. Um, you talk about how social engineering serves as a vector for cultural austerity or the mass media subversion of working class political movements by financial uh, interests. You talk about, of course, Bernays. Um, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking at mm-hmm. some of the books you cite. I'm adding them to my Amazon wish list for future reading, but. Um, your, your further thoughts on uh, you know the the manufacturing of the cultural marketplace, or I like how you say, or how our society's proprietors decide what's on the menu.
4: Oh gosh, well I'm glad you enjoyed that one. Um, I would say that getting back to our conversation just a few minutes ago about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what what I called cultural poverty, I think at that time, or what I've adapted cultural austerity is some kind of academic language for it. Uh, that's a really profound effect of many decades, I guess, of this social engineering process. Um, I wonder sometimes if, for example, a more you know dyed-in-the-wool conservative reading uh, Radio Free Pizza, if they would come away thinking that, like, why does he think that the working class has been diminished in some way. You know, it's about America, you know, I'm free to, oh, drive my truck with my truck nuts. I'm sorry, that sounds like dismissive. But I am trying to get at an American, the American spirit, for lack of better words, something that would sound good in a country song. Um, Those people I I, I don't know. Maybe it's growing up in the northern Midwest where there was a really strong labor movement in the 1930s and 40s. Uh, I can you know read the local monuments, uh, the little plaques, and learn about particular labor demonstrations. And so that gives me a really strong sense of, wow, McCarthy McCarthy-era anti-communism really killed the working class. And around that time, it does seem to me, uh, the culture also changes, like Superman, who started out as a, sort of a new age, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, rail worker, but there was a very strong working class side to it. And it becomes much more about uh, truth, justice, and the American way in this sort of globalized sense where even the threat of alien invasions etc are introduced and perhaps that's you know maybe i'm maybe i'm only demonstrating my limits as a superman scholar but nonetheless it seems to me as just one uh way to demonstrate that our culture got co-opted by the ruling class and manipulated against us in some ways through social engineering or when it wasn't against us it seems to have diminish the available uplifting media that we could be enjoying in our arts and entertainment
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of points there a lot of stuff today is depressing uh instead of um uh, uplifting and um as you mentioned how things switch gears with superman and we know for a fact now that, that the military industrial complex has co-opted uh the arts you know video games the Pentagon is working with video game uh makers with movies with TV shows undoubtedly um in the comic universe to to shift ever so slightly the 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 script and and project what they want to project which is usually sinister <laughs> and the evil uh and and you know that's another topic that's because i i'm i'm working class i would uh, consider uh, to call myself my forefathers and um you know my grandpa in the village in in croatia was an, an easy life you know he had his donkeys and he'd go out into the fields to harvest his melons i, I went with him you know i have memories of huh. he, you know him having donkeys i think he had a couple of goats turkeys and that sort of thing um but um today th- I think the biggest danger is they're attacking the working class the wages are not moving at all uh I mean I remember when I was working even working here in Mexico like every year based on our, our performance we would get up to like a four percent increase in in our annual salary and usually mm-hmm. it was like maybe one or two or three percent you know if you were like a freak who never slept and worked 100 hours and was married to the job and uh you'd get like four percent that doesn't even surpass the annual inflation rate uh and so Mm -hmm. it's like it's you're never your wage is never going to be and michael saylor just over the weekend the the micro strategy you know bitcoin maximalist oh yeah uh, yeah he he just gave this fascinating again i'm not terribly into bitcoin i'm kind of skeptical about it but you gotta listen to these smart people Mm. and he was talking exactly um about this that how um exactly about this how wages have not gone anywhere and how he's been right so far that Bitcoin has been like a slingshot that has allowed his company to outperform Google and, and and the other um companies but um you know we're we're slowly winding down the clock here I think we're uh close to four minutes to midnight but other 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 thoughts uh you have oh
4: gosh well as far as like Bitcoin is concerned uh I I'm, I'm kind of skeptical as far as, um, is this really a future that I am excited about? Uh, by that, I'm, I'm actually thinking a bit of, um, uh, I forget which podcast he was on, but James Corbett was interviewed on a podcast recently where he talked about, gosh, Bitcoin, it really presented this decentralized peer to peer payment system that really made me think like we had a chance to escape. The central banking nightmare, but people really, they, they just saw dollar signs and now it's about what the dollar value of the Bitcoin is in my account on Coinbase or whatever exchange. And that's a, a real lost opportunity in his eyes. I'm sympathetic to that view. Uh, I, I don't like, of course, the the incoming CBDCs and digital wallets, I shouldn't say incoming because they're available in so many countries now. But uh, nonetheless, that's something I'm not happy about. I'm glad to see people resisting that though. In Nigeria, if I recall correctly, that was the last like, very notable to me, like, no, we're not having this. That's great. Uh, I hope that that continues to be a worldwide trend. but as far as Michael Saylor is concerned, or the country of El Salvador, like, I wish them the best of luck, uh, I, especially in the case of El Salvador, like, God, that would just be wonderful if switching to a decentralized Bitcoin based economy significantly improved their living standards over the next five to 10 years. God, I hope so. Fingers crossed, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, things look up for El Salvador, regardless of, you know, the, the, the criticisms and uh I I was looking at your Twitter feed and a week ago you just said that Jimmy Dore said he would love to have James Corbett on uh and you said finger fingers crossed Media Monarchy can help uh expedite that so that would be cool that would be great
4: yeah man the last thing that I want to say is just about 9 11 actually I've been thinking about this do you are you aware about the lone gunman the f uh the x-files spin-off series oh yeah well I am convinced that as uh I would have been 13 12 or 13 on that air date I'm convinced that I saw that air like six months before the actual 9-11 and that fundamentally defined my worldview I think like god i don't even feel like i can trust this major news event because didn't i see this on tv like six months ago
1: i mean i I saw alex jones talking about this the other day uh he was doing a segment specifically on predictive programming and i recently watched the utopia tv show that was uh, created in 2018 and rolled out in
4: 2020 but no but i mean like
1: you if you it's they're telling us what they're gonna do there's no other way to rationalize it when it's like 9 11 x files COVID, and utopia on and on it goes it's just absolutely crazy well great having you back zach got 30 seconds left tell us where to find you on the uh, in the metaverse
4: oh god please don't find me in the metaverse but find me on substack at zacharodypizza.substack.com uh that's where you know you've heard me just kind of talk randomly all you listeners out there but when it's written on that sub stack that's what i'm really confident about it like gosh that panama dispatch that was so much work linking all of that with anyway mm-hmm. that's where it's right. really set in stone for me
1: we're out of time thank you stay warm